Hey there, Miles here. R.I.P. Radovan, we hardly knew ye. Personally speaking, I'm glad that he went the way he did, given his connections with Van Richten and that damnable zombie army. There's a certain joy in seeing him cower and die in a bush. But as Tambourina rings aside, the estate in general is still has so many questions left to answer. We can't be everywhere and it's starting to get under our skin. And now that people are going missing, it's only heightening our sense of urgency. Compared to when we started in the estate, I guess you could say that the difference is like this upcoming episode. Episode 102, Night and Days. Okay, so we've been here long enough, and I'm kind of losing track of things. I feel like we should probably recap the Taroka cards, just to remind ourselves of why we're oh, here. Shit, that was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, because that's kind of like the scope of what we're doing here, because I've been thinking about so many things that I've gotten so far removed from them that I kind of forgot what they were. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. So before we tackle this thing with Carl, let's just remind ourselves of these Taroka card readings. To which we had The Innocent, which this is the journey's final mile. Let's see where the journey ends. We also got The Marionette, go to where The Innocent at the Root of Evil slept. We had The Shepherd, beloved of a child long gone. It carries secrets and may help you reach victory. It only carries one secret. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of feel like you've figured those two out. was kind of Mm -hmm. the consensus or the feeling in the room was that so far, you've more or less figured out what you think it meant. Yep. And then we have... <laughs> I like how you just add <laughs> that bag. We think we might have maybe figured out what we think that it could mean. Maybe. <laughs> Con- <Yes>. Continuing. <laughs> continuing. Uh, conjure. Conflict will end where healer turned Oathbreaker. And we've got the Anarchist. A power thwarts your nemesis and you may emerge victorious. So just as a reminder for those at home and for us as well, like this is kind of what we're trying to figure out to figure out what's going on in this domain. You think? Yes. Allegedly, possibly. (laughs) Is this the side quest? Is this the main story quest? Is the root of all evil where we presume um, uh, Greta was buried at the root of the tree on the island? Do we have to go back to the island and like dig up that root? (laughs) Or could there yes. be something under the gnarled lad? See, Tess for the last 10 episodes is just like, what power is thwarting Slash? <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. actually, we got a little insight last time as well mm-hmm. onto Slash and what, what goes in his direction. Um, <laughs> fratricide, apparently? Uh, Indirect. He, he did that to himself. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, just, he just... He, did you see what he was wearing? He was asking to get brainwashed. He drank <laughs> the Yuan Tea Kool-Aid and... He drank the Salash Kool-Aid, yeah. Again, just... Still just blood. Still mm-hmm. just blood. Oh, yeah! Just meat. <laughs> meat juice. Sounds like you guys are ready and roaring to play some D&D. You guys want to play some D&D? Oh, my Lord. Yes. Mm-hmm. We can just talk about all this stuff in weird voices instead. Oh, hell in yeah. In game. Let's let's play some adult pretend. That's it. Can't wait to hear Lucius' different voice from David's different voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I think we left off. Kind of right outside the groundskeeper's hut, his little cottage off the main road. Carl has kind of essentially shooed you away. So he had, you know, busy day. It was 620 when he did so, if I remember right. Does that sound right, David? Uh, Yep. 620 is when we started talking to him. Yep. But he hasn't shooed you away without you making some dice rolls and convincing him to head back to the Van Richten 
manner once he's wrapped up with dinner and all that here. He seemed kind of not in a hurry, but in a hurry to be done with you guys, to be left alone for a little bit. At 6.20, he's kind of told you it's going to be nighttime soon. The sun will be setting in just a few minutes. So what do we want to do? Say so we'll start like kind of right outside the uh, the groundkeeper's hut after the door has been shut in your face. You're all standing out there discussing your next move. Well, I say we walk out of earshot before we start talking about him. <laughs> so we start loudly talking shit about the Carl, yeah. And once we get out of earshot, then it's we. I'm pretty sure we all knew that Carl was lying about him being with Greta. Yeah, and I'm just wondering what's stopping us from kicking that door down right now. Well, we're here to also gather information. I'm almost wondering if it's worth us maybe hiding in the bushes and see what he does. I'm with Tess. Point me at the door. Let us not be so hasty. It is important to still maintain the shred of order that this place likely has. If we were to attack Carl, this would also not exactly ingratiate ourselves with Joseph or Elise. Elise doesn't know who Carl is, (laughs) from the sounds of it. No, but the principle of the matter is, if we attack one of the other servants about the house surely there's some kind of camaraderie we're not attacking him just his door it's fine (laughs) it gives him something to fix (laughs) if it's not part of his daily routine they're not gonna notice it anyway slash sort of you know um uh, strokes an imaginary beard hmm i feel like waiting is not the right move here i am in agreement with that much time is too much of an import for us to waste any more time waiting Honestly, all of the attempts at just watching and waiting for something to happen have not really panned out too terribly well. All I've got is that Elise doesn't seem to care very much about anything going on, uh, and Joseph is really mad that his ledgers are missing. Maybe they're in that groundskeeper's hut. I mean... Do we need a warrant? I mean, technically, we've got the landlord. Have Van Richten. Can we? (laughs) We have the landlord. (laughs) Do we have to give him 24 hours notice? (laughs) I don't believe we do. Oh. It takes Van Richten a moment to uh, respond. He was busy staring at the sky, watching the sun quickly fall. Towards the horizon, it is 6.25 when a strong breeze kind of picks up from the southeast. Illustra, despite the fact that you're quite a ways away from the gate, like from here you're a good 10, 15 minutes from the gate, if you were to walk. Uh, But that strong breeze carries that distinct smell of horse sweat. And you pick it up at 625, and the sun keeps falling. I plug my nose for a moment. Anyone else catch that horse sweat smell again? You sure it's not just you? I I lift up an arm and sniff my pits. No, no, man, it's distinct dragonborn sweat, not horse sweat. Oh, and aloe vera. A lot of aloe vera. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, I end up catching another whiff from, and I kind of nod over towards the gatehouse down the road from where the stables were. There were plants in the clinic, there was horse sweat in the stables, and there was no sign of anything... That and the zombies seem, and the dolls seem to be the only things that aren't as they are supposed to be in this wacky, zany world of Van Richten being a six-year-old. 
It's got to be something. Maybe they'll come out at night, like his nightmares. And all whores love coming out at night. All what now? H-O-R-R-O-R-S. <laughs> and prostitutes. Horses? Horses. Horses. Slutty horses. <laughs> They'll sell you sex for money. Nice. That's what... Uh, Tess doesn't say that. Colin nice. does. <laughs> um, above the table, I feel like we have a choice of busting down the door at the gate... Busting down the, the groundskeeper's hut, um, uh, or doubling back to the estate and turning in for the night. I'm concerned about the turning in for the night. I know we're running pretty low on resources, but Adam slash Troubadour makes a point. If there's if there's anything about all of this, all of these nasties, like it's always been bad shit at night, and like maybe the zombies were supposed to come out after sunset. Maybe they were supposed to stay there until sunset. Maybe there's a ghost horse that shows up at 625 just galloping on a treadmill. All right. So if that's the case, I feel like we desperately still need to figure out what's inside this groundskeeper's hut. Um, above the table again, so I feel like Salash would know that he wants to take advantage of everybody thinking that Van Richten's a small child. What if Van Richten just runs into the groundskeeper's hut, presuming that Carl thinks he's just a six-year-old? <laughs> you know, it's just like, Van Richten, what are you doing? Stop, don't go in there. We have to go back to the estate. And then Van Richten can make up a bullshit lie, being like, oh, well, I was just scared of the of the dark. Yes, you see, and this was the closest house. And uh, Carl is big and strong and will help me. Like, something like that. Just to get us in the door. And we can reassess the situation moment to moment to see if Carl means us any ill will. At least that gives us an excuse to be inside. There's that potential. Because at this point, it's like it's kind of weird for us to march back and be like, we demand entrance to your abode. After he just kicked us out. Yeah, that's what I mean. So That's not all that's weird at this point, though. Because we hit 6.30. As you guys discuss things on the road. At 6.30, the sun has fallen close enough to the horizon that all the trees and all the little blades of grass around, their shadows are growing longer. And you watch as... The spots in the forest around you that are covered in shadow just start to change. The leaves fall off the trees. The trees become dry. It looks like all the vegetation in the area is dying. Everything, the forest, everything about the forest is starting to get that real spooky horror movie feel to it that late fall no leaves on the trees kind of feel to it but only in the spots that the shadows are in only in the darkness what is still being hit by sun remains verdant and green lush and alive they're pulling up pirates of the caribbean Oh, man. Okay, we need to find cover then. I feel like being outside at night is not a good move. So do we go back into the groundskeeper's hut and chill out there for the night, or do we try and book it back to the estate? The wind picks up a little bit more, or another gust comes from the southeast, bringing with it that weird stuff stench of horse sweat. Something is coming from there. What other smell? It was the ivy smell? What was the other smell you had? A very damp vegetation. An overwhelming sense of vegetation. Was that at the house? Was that here? That was at the house. That was at the clinic. Wonder what's gonna happen when the sunlight stops touching that? What's... What hasn't been touched by the sun at all? What, What could be safe? Just inside, indoors. 
the crypt of a mausoleum. <laughs> if only it weren't full of zombies. <sighs> we need to we need to be indoors. I feel like something's going to change soon. We need to pick a place like right now. Well, let's go back to the big house because there'd be more fun spots to hide or run from or, and or to. We also know that Carl will be returning to that place shortly. We think. Regardless, it's important that we have as many pieces of information as possible that we can acquire from Joseph, from Elise, from Carl, and hopefully the missing Greta will also return. The main house makes the most sense. It is also similarly the most defensible. Why don't, All right, let's move. Why don't we do one quick thing first? Uh, Troubadour suggests he's got a candle. Uh, melting a candle, Tess sneaking up, taking a little listen, and, uh, you know, once the candles, just rub some wax on the door seal. So I was thinking before all this started happening, we could see if he left or not. Um, so if we come back and see if the wax is cracked or not. That's a clever Ooh, idea. It is very, very clever. Allows you to kind of be in two places at once. At least you'd still be acquiring knowledge in a place you're not in. That's that's cool. Yeah. I like it. So if, he's, if we do come back here and he's here all night, we know one way or the other. It's It'll be covered in dirt and nature, so it's relatively inconspicuous, and she's stealthy as fuck. All right. Sounds good to me. Sounds cover, good to me, yeah. Yeah, cover that door latch with candle wax and head back to the estate. Yeah, even just like... Where any, the door would open. Yeah, exactly. Anywhere... That he won't probably see. Also, All listen right. if a child is screaming. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tess will take the candle and, like, just jam the the bottom of it um, up to the uh, the probably hot bullseye lantern to start to start melting it. Um, she'll like take a a gob off on. Um, the tip of a dart. <laughs> Darts and door jams. Let's go. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's the mercy. All, it's the mercy all over again. <laughs> uh, and she'll put up the hood of the cloak of elven kind and just try to sneakily daub the top corner of Carl's cabin's door. I love it. Give me a stealth check and a perception check, too. Uh, 18 stealth and 20 perception. Very, very nice. Mm. Finally. Go Tess. Just the tiniest solo mission this time. Without any noise at all, you managed to get the wax onto the door. No issues whatsoever. Confident no one heard you. And that confidence is boosted by the fact that you can hear Carl inside and it's clear he doesn't realize anyone is listening on the other side of the door. You can hear footsteps walking back and forth. Sounds like he's pacing. <clears throat> and you can just barely make out the words he's mumbling to himself. Come on, Carl, just... Just tell her. Just tell her how you feel, Carl. Damn it, Carl. Pull it together for once. <sighs> go up there and tell her how you feel. I can't believe he already has a crush on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say that I blame him. Uh, shit. Okay. But the... The wax seal has been placed. All right. Well, if Carl can make it through this uh, dying land up to tell Elise how he feels, then honestly, I think we should probably, like, back him up. Swingman that shit. But for right now, um, Tess is going to, uh, like a little shadow in the grass, uh, rejoin the rest of the group and say, well, I mean... If he did do something to Greta, he has the strangest sense of priorities ever. He's trying to talk himself into telling Elise how he feels. But I guess on the note of priorities, she, like, looks down to the southeast. 
We should move. To the southeast. Wait. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> ah! Okay. <laughs> Trubador just... <laughs> oh, wait, wrong way. <laughs> Starts going to the house. Towards the house? Towards the house. Towards Rickton House. 6.35, you depart the groundskeeper's shack and head back towards Rickton House. A journey that you now know is going to take you about 10-15 minutes. How much daylight would you say we have left? The sun appears to be dropping very, very quickly. Very quickly. At 6.35, thinking, oh, give me a, a nature check. Whoever wants to. Not it. <laughs> sure, sure. I feel like that's a ranger thing, even though I have a plus zero to it. Hey, 16. There you go. You do some quick calculations in your head, Lustra, and at the rate that it is descending, you feel like you've got just a little over 30 minutes of daylight left, maybe. Somewhere in there. It is dropping quickly. I also need to just roll a quick dice (laughs) once uh, you guys hit the road. Give me just a moment here. The Carl Courage dice. That's it. (laughs) That's what I'm rolling. I swear to God, if I hear a wolf howl, I'm gonna set this forest on. Fu- I'm gonna set this forest on fire. <laughs> Anybody have any silver, like stabbing silver, not money silver? I've got a silvered mace. I have, and then she just like jangles out. I have six holy symbols. <laughs> One of these might be silver. Slash produces a couple rings. Uh, I believe two of these are silver. <laughs> All right. If anything happens at night, Slash, you punch a werewolf. <laughs> Everything should be just fine. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, he is part of the uh, the circle. Good news is that I'm happy with my D20 roll. Uh-oh. Oh, good. Okay. I'm happy with the D20 roll. Thing is, now I have to roll 2d6. God. And I don't mind telling you that my d20 roll means that at 640 on the road, something happens. Uh-oh. Is he rolling the amount of wolves? Mm. Wolves it, 2.0? The zombie wolves? No. That one wolf from Dominia coming back? <laughs> oh, you know it. Maybe... Tree ends? Who knows? Could be anything. It's just Captain Baker. Oh, this is perfect. This will be fun. This will be fun. At 640, you guys are heading north on the main pathway towards Rickton House. You can see the fork. That first fork in the road isn't too far away ahead of you. And so far, as you've been walking, like the shadows are... They're growing longer and larger by the moment, right? It's a, it's an unbelievable thing to watch. Like, very slowly, the shadows are killing all the vegetation around you, it looks like. Like, leaves are constantly falling as you walk. Oh, that's so cool. And at 6.40, you hear some distant barking. Oof, oof way off in the distance oh come on it's a decades old dead doggy sounds like it came from the southwest just a little off the path maybe a hundred feet or so back the way you came I something to investigate we haven't heard a dog all day yeah I mean, I was I was assuming that the dog didn't exist. It's something. Do we have the time? Yes, because Trubadur just starts running. And it's like, it'll be the same amount of time because we're indecisive. You know, that's fair. Uh, can I determine from the sound of the bark if it would be like a wolf versus a dog versus like something else? Yeah, sure. Give me a uh... survival or nature survival. 
don't you uh have like a, a beast thing yeah, as a yeah, ranger um, yeah it's um, cl- I'm, I'm assuming this is a beast type so i would have advantage on this yeah yeah go for it roll what what does that say to roll survival nature uh ba, 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 ba. it's any wisdom checks yeah oh, okay. so so if it was nature nature's in so it would have to be survival that if works. i was to get it that works whatever uh, you roll your ranger thing roll okay, your cool, ranger cool. thing wow uh that's going to be 23 that's a very good roll. Definitely sounds like a dog. Large dog based by the the strength of the bark. A hound, maybe. Sounds like it could be Thane. Let's Scooby do this. Alright. Here, Adam. I mean, um sorry, I'm not <laughs> sure where that came from. I'm the best boy. <laughs> yeah, your investigation is confirmed, Lucer, as you watch Troubadour kind of run ahead. Troubadour, you're the first to notice this big old hound just kind of bound silently out of the woods. When he emerges onto the road, you can tell clearly that your guess was right. This is very much some sort of undead beast. The hound looks like starved, emaciated. Many of its ribs are exposed through the flesh. One of its eyes is missing. And when it sees you, what's left of its top lip kind of lifts up. And he gives you a snarl. And just stands there watching, almost... As if it's judging your next move. Uh, Troubadour will stop. Uh, he won't go forward, but he'll make himself bigger. <laughs> uh, and he'll go, Thane, is that you? Is Casimir Ka- nearby? Is, is that who you were sniffing or barking at? Who's a good boy? <laughs> Are you a good boy? Give me a perception check. Perception. 16. Pretty decent. You're guessing maybe it doesn't understand the language you're speaking in, but I mean, the name Thane translates across a lot of languages, and you just barely notice when you say Thane, like what's left of its undead ears kind of twitch for just a moment. Slash seeing Thane and seeing um, uh, a troubadour sort of, you know, jostle with the wolf. Um, Slash wordlessly will just, or not even wordlessly, he'll cast message to troubadour and tell him, I'm going to throw an apple. And he's going to whip an apple, but hopefully between troubadour and, and uh, Thane. Fetch. <laughs> You toss an apple, you're a thud as it hits the ground and rolls a few feet in the direction of this undead hound. It looks at it almost more in confusion than anything else, but doesn't take any steps forward. Only snarls at you too now, Slash. Uh, Troubadour will take a couple of steps back now that uh, the dog is not immediately hopefully aggressive he'll sort of shrink down a little and uh he'll he'll take some ration out of his pocket and he will um mime eating it off the ground and then he'll you know point at the apple and it's like it's good it's a treat (gasps) do you want to go for a walk there's still no response if anything, it seems like the hound has taken on more of a an aggressive stance, trying to maybe be more intimidating, takes you getting down on all fours as maybe a challenge of some kind. And Tess and Lucero want to try anything right quick? Present your hindquarters. What? No, like, yeah, it's body language, right? Because that's all the dog can figure out is body language. So you want to seem non-threatening. Don't look it in the eye. If you turn your back to it, it seems as a submissive stance. Uh, 
so is that is is Lustra handling this animal? Uh like an animal handling check from Lustra? Yeah, I from think, the ranger. Yeah, I, I think I might try and give that a shot <laughs> mm. to try and get it to calm down and realize that we're not a threat. Just approach it butt first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, it's kind of more like looking down at the ground, only keeping Thane in my periphery, you know, turn to the side kind of idea to show that I'm not a threat. Uh, and Tess wants to look past it into the woods, like where it came from, to see if it's like if this is territory that it's guarding or if it was just uh like a piece of, like a long dead emaciated dog that was brought back to life by this changing light. Mm. Let's start with the animal handling check from the ranger. Is this like the first animal handling check of the campaign? I feel like it is. I think it probably is. Probably. We might have joked about it, like. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a 16. Mm. That's pretty good. This hound seems to loosen up a little bit. It loses that aggressive stance. The snarling stops. And it looks directly at Lustra. Let's out this one strong bark. And then... It bounds off back to the edge of the woods and turns around and looks at you and barks again. Did Casimir fall down the well? <laughs> I think it's time to follow Lassie. I mean, faint. <laughs> so I'm going to look back to the rest of the group and I'm like, I think we should follow Thane. All right, we'll, we'll stay back just so you two seem to have bonded. It's like you're sit it's like you've been sitting next to each other for years. <laughs> so, I'm going to get my bow out kind of idea, just have it at the ready, and I'm going to cautiously follow Thane and keep within eyesight of the rest of the group so that they can follow me. Yeah. The rest of us will just Scooby do it. Yeah, sounds about right. You follow Thane down the road couple more dozen feet. He's just kind of staying right at the edge of the woods. His nose is close to the ground and he's trying to sniff something out. Every dozen feet or so, he turns and makes sure Lustra isn't too far behind, gives a bark if Lustra tallies a little too long. Oh. Brings you to a spot just off the road about maybe about 200 feet away from the groundskeeper's hut and he claws at the ground once or twice in this very specific spot isn't making much progress with his undead form and then starts barking at Lustra I look back to the rest of the crew and kind of nod as if I'm just going to approach this spot that Thane is clawing at and I'm going to put my longbow away, take out my rapier and shield, and then I'm going to take my shield and I'm going to do what Troubadour did and start using it to start digging at where at the spot that Thane is clawing at. You start digging away as you kind of take a knee next to this undead dog and you can easily pick up on its disgusting stench there's like this bile just drooling out of its jaws but it kind of nuzzles its disgusting nose into Lustra's leg and looks up and Gives you a big, disgusting lick across the cheek oh. as you're on your knee. Like half the tongue is still there. <laughs> Adorable. Covered in bile, and then there's like a bunch of dry spots on it as well. That it's just like, ooh. I'm going to ignore it and keep digging. <laughs> Pet him. 
at 645, you hit something. You move some dirt around and quickly realize it is bone. Would you like to take the time to clear the area? You figure it'll take at least another five, ten minutes of digging. Five, if everyone's helping, there's plenty of you. Uh, I feel I don't want to spook Thane, so I feel like maybe I should just keep digging. With, so I'm just going to keep digging and spend the ten minutes it'll take to do so. The more you dig, the quicker that undead tail wags back and forth. The dog is pacing around this burial site. Okay. I was was convinced that this is Justin like being like, yes, I'm going to eat you the next 15 minutes of your time. It's a bone he buried 50 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Your shield hits the ground and you hear it, squeak! At 6.50, you have dug enough to reveal not just a bone, but a full skeleton. The skeleton of a large hound. And gripped in its teeth is this decayed leather strap with a ball tethered to one end the dog the undead dog stops pacing very silently walks up to Lustra and gives you another big lick across the face licks your hand a few times almost as if it's trying to thank you I give it scritches on the remainder of its chin (laughs) It lifts its chin up, and as you scritch it under there, you watch as the undead form of Thane just kind of melts away into mist. There's a little sparkle of light, a little shimmer of starlight, maybe, and the undead dog is not there anymore. All that remains is this skeleton of a hound gripping its favorite toy. 6.50 is when that happens. The sun is setting very quickly. Um, Does it look like the dog was placed and buried with care? That's why the toy is there? Or does it look like somebody was just trying to Give me an investigation. Oh, no. Ten. It's hard to discern much more detail about this grave, but it is enough that you realize the grave is fairly shallow. Deep enough to hide the body. Uh, But that's about it. Was it about as shallow as the one that we found on the island of apples? Uh, that one looked, I mean, she looked like buried with, with care. Yeah. I'd say this definitely looks shallower. This was done with more haste. Okay. Well, Lustra will dry heave after, after getting, you know, the bile out of his, like, his nostrils. Okay. Uh,. Well, we found out what happened to Thane. Well, we found out the aftermath of what happened to Thane. So, do we take the ball, or do we leave that there? It would seem that the spirit has passed on. I feel taking the toy may be of some use. I know you didn't detect any missed talismans, so we can certainly rule that out. However, it seems that the old life that used to be here, be it in the form of a doll or in this case a dog toy, may come in use when it comes to further negotiations. Take the ball and show that as proof of this is what happened to Thane? Because they've been looking for the dog for a while? Perhaps. 
I would be very curious to see how Casimir reacts to seeing such a thing. Assuming he can be found. To the house, quickly. Let's run. All right. Yeah. I don't know if we have much time. I mean, obviously we don't. Got maybe 15 minutes left at most. All right. We'll take the ball he wanted to, the spirit wanted us to know. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to take the ball and pocket that ball and we'll head off to the uh estate. I mean, it was 100 feet away from Carl's house. Like, what are the odds that we look around enough we find Casimir's body somewhere? That sounds like a tomorrow thing. We don't have the time or the resources to spend doing that at this moment. Yeah, sorry. No, that was Colin just being paranoid. <laughs> We're walking. We're walking. Mm-hmm. It is seven o'clock when you reach Brickton House. Hardly any light remains at this point. Darkness almost completely engulfs the estate. All that beautiful vegetation, all those trees, all that overgrowth, just years of nature being left to run its course. Just like that, it's gone. As you approach the manor, not a single flower, not a single hedge, not a single tree appears like it has any life left in it whatsoever. What door you want to go in? I'll bring the Richten House map back up for you folks so you can make your decision. Lots of options, as you remember. Front door, the west door is... Where you went in originally, that western entrance. There's a back entrance for servants. Plenty of windows. Terraces and balconies on the upper floors. All the door and window terms. (laughs) I feel like we know that these people don't mean us any harm. I don't think there's any harm in us going through the front door. Now, mind you, their personalities may change in the dark, but... I mean... I don't think we have any reason to uh, think otherwise for the time being. I would say just go through the front door. Honestly, I'm tired of sneaking around. Mm-hmm. I'm for tired of maybes. I'm tired of guessing. I just want one straight-up answer. Okay, front door it is. Front door it is. As you approach the front door, you notice there's moonlight already falling upon the windows. The slow dance of the clouds in the sky are casting strange shadows on the glass, sometimes appearing as if they're forming man-like shapes. You open the grand doorway into that main hallway on the first floor. If you remember this hallway, it's a big one. It's shaped like a huge L. There's a staircase to the upper floor is kind of on the small part of the L. There's a big old fireplace in here. There's that little musician's nook off to the north hidden from view. But it's at this point that I need to do something else right quick. Pay no attention to the fact that I'm going to draw a Taroka card oh, right now. Oh, my <sighs> God. Oh, wait, no, he said don't pay attention to it. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. so we're oblivious. You see, okay. I told so, you, going through the front door was fine. Awesome. So I had a smoothie this week. It was great. Mm, um, mm. It was great. Do you want to you cut the deck just so no one questions me, Colin? Cut the deck. More than ever. Try and look at his notes. <laughs> I'm gonna hit. No, I'm gonna stay. Damn it. <laughs> Ooh. The I'm rules to straight poker. Draw a second one. As all of you enter that main hallway, 
you can all hear the faint, distant sound of a man screaming. God damn it. Familiar voice? Unfamiliar? Perception. Bodes well. 25. Oh, damn. Very, very nice. Unfamiliar. But you also pick up, Tess, the grunting and squealing sounds of a boar. What? As well as the barking of dogs and the shouts of two other men. Coming from anywhere in particular? Tess is going to, like, whip around, look back outside, see if there's, like, a ghostly hunt coming at us. Give me one more perception check. Oh, actually, this one is an intelligence check. Well, shit. <laughs> is a is the sound of a boar a beast? Loosetrap, can you do this? <laughs> Six. Six is not gonna cut it. This is one of those situations where all of you heard, all of you are welcome to make that check if you want. Just a raw intelligence check? Mm-hmm. Ugh. I got a four. <laughs> I got an 11. I got a 15 minus one, 14. But Dude I'm- with eight intelligence just running intellectual circles around all of us. <laughs> Probably has the least amount of brain damage between us. The sounds of screaming and dogs barking of a squealing boar all come to an end. They all disappear and fade away like nothing ever happened, but they do so kind of at the same time that Troubadour notices a set of little statuettes that have been on top of the fireplace this entire time. You guys didn't really take too much time to investigate the hallway the first time through. There was a lot going on. But Troubadour finds... Some little statuettes that are, they're all individual pieces, but of a match set. The center figure is of a huge boar that is trampling some careless hunter. There's another that depicts a magnificent horse bearing another hunter who looks shocked but helpless to aid his friend. There's a third figure showing a hunter raising a spear to strike the boar while two dogs are crouching at his side ready to spring at the beast. But for whatever reason, when you entered this room, the sounds of that little battle scene on top of the fireplace seemed to play out in the air. Uh, is going to take out the, the doll again. And see, now that nighttime's happened and inanimate objects are telling things. It's like, hey, hey, Maria or, or Greta or Miss Parton, do you uh, <laughs> have another secret for me by chance? And she'll try. He'll try and squeeze it, bop it, twist it, whatever all those games are. Silence from the doll. I I think. Tess is going to carefully approach the, the figurines and just like slowly put one finger out and touch the boar. Nothing horrible happens to Tess, but as you pull your finger away, you realize that the tip of your finger is slick with fresh blood. Ah. You look over on top of the fireplace, and the figure of the trampled hunter and the boar are both wet with blood. Okay, that is new. Uh, Tess is going to, like, look directly up above it, down below it, see if, like, if there is blood that is on this, if blood is coming from this, or if maybe it's been used as a blunt object to murder someone. 
sure does sound like investigation that I'm bad at. Yeah, investigation. <laughs> it was Tess in the main hall with the boar statue. Keep talking, Salash. You might be clairvoyant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 20. That's a really good number. There are no signs of damage to the little statuettes. There is zero explanation. Oh, great. That makes it worse. One second. He grabs your hand and licks it to see if it tastes like pork or people. Oh. (laughs) Damn here doing things. Uh, Perception check. (laughs) Damn. Yes, it's taste perception. I'd say so. (laughs) 14. (laughs) 14. The uh, trampled hunter tastes like human blood, and the boar tastes like boar blood. Mm. And it, it just keeps coming? No, they're just okay. kind of wet with it. Just wet with it. Um, okay. uh, Slash is going to go ahead and produce the wand of magic detection and, and give that a whirl. Take the wand of magic detection. See if it's magical in nature, what's going on with these statues. Sure. What's the uh, range on that sucker again? Um, range on that sucker, I believe, is... 30 feet. 30 feet. They are not magical objects. Ooh, come on. But is any of our new loot magic? Well, you've got that out. Those rings, the daggers. Ooh. Ooh what have yeah. we done since the last time? There Good we go. Call. Good Don't call. even bother Good looking call. at the tambourine, though. That's just mundane. and that's Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The tambourine is mundane. Oh, God damn it. Actually? Oh, my gosh. Actually. Yeah, but the magic was in the music. <laughs> <laughs> but you found yourself two magic rings. Ooh. Ooh. Two magical rings. The one with the shield on it and the one with the little purple gem. Purple gem? Okay. All yep. right, everyone. I know the statues are covered in inexplicable blood, but what if we take an hour to attune? <laughs> You know what's even crazier, Colin? What? Is that as Tess kind of points the fact out to everyone, she's like, hey, look, these are covered in blood. They're not anymore. Okay, what the shit? What the? I I swear these were covered in blood like 10 seconds ago. Tess, you're losing it. I detected magic. Nothing is magical. Blood doesn't have to be magic. It tastes magical. See? See? Troubadour, he tasted it. He tasted it. I'm sane. I'm very well to be trusted. (laughs) (laughs) What? But we all heard it, right? We all heard the sounds of a boar squealing and someone yelling and people in distress. Yeah, I'm with you on that, yeah. Uh, Tess wants to, she's just going to frustratedly, like, pick up one of the figurines and, like, look underneath and, like, who keeps making these? (laughs) 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 Like a a maiden Darkon. (laughs) Looster seeing the boars reflexively hauls out his longbow from his rapier and shield. (laughs) There's no identifying marks on the little statuettes. Man, I was, like... Really hoping there was some connection between these and, like, the, the dwarf statues that we found in uh, the Dwarven Mines. What, you were expecting Maiden Bottleborn Mine Maybe? on the bottom? <laughs> I don't know. Dungeons are us. <laughs> uh, how about we look in the dining room, see if it sounds like dinner, and see if dinner exists or is an illusion, and see if people are there. <sighs> I like this idea. Let's proceed into the dining room. Fine. Bonesaw is out and at the ready, though. Oh, it's that time. It's always that time, Troubadour. You've been with us three days. I think you should know by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sword comes out but doesn't catch on fire. Yeah, licks his lips and looks at Lustra. (laughs) Lustra just kind of is like... (laughs) It's okay. I can't tell people what Adam's character does. It's just my head cannon. (laughs) I'm over. I'm over the dragon. I'm on salads now. <laughs> Vegan Dompier. What's, uh, <laughs> what, what's your hands doing there, Justin? Oh, nothing, Adam. <laughs> yeah, we just didn't see a Taroka deck kind of go from the side of the DM screen and go back in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we need to not pay attention. So the smoothie was banana lemon. I wasn't really expecting it to be tasty, and it wasn't. 
Oh. What do we have, Justin? <laughs> Shit, I can make that tasty. See, this is where we find out that the the enemies here also get their own five Taroka cards, and they have to, you know, find out what is at the end of their final mile. Oh, and it's about a race. This is this is like national treasure versus <laughs> national treasure. Like, <laughs> geez, so many, so many Nick Cages. <laughs> you walk into the dining room. Who is leading the charge? Give me a marching order. Now that we're in sort of combat mode, Troubadour is going to try and push a little more to the front. Once, Fair. Once the bone saw came out, he's uh, especially with the uh, yeah bow out. So you should be <laughs> back. Mm-hmm. Salash will absolutely be next to Lustra in the back, ideally close to Van Richten as well. True. Put him in the center. You and me shoulder to shoulder, Tess? Sounds good to me. Perfect. Standard marching order at this point, mm-hmm. more or less. You walk into the dining room. Dining room is empty. There's nobody here. Everything's been cleaned up. It's been put away. The room seems to be in order. What do you do? No sounds, nothing crazy. Everything's put away? Son of a bitch, I'm hungry. Um, Salash would like to investigate to see if there's any dust. Sure, give me a uh, investigation check. 26. Jeez. That is pretty good. Mm. The same dust that was here when you were here earlier today remains. The footprints that have kind of walked through and unsettled it also remain. But that is a good enough number, Slash, that you notice something else. As you're kind of scanning every corner of the room, making sure you don't miss anything... You look up at the ceiling. If you remember, the ceiling in here has these like beautiful wood carvings in it. And as Slash looks up at these beautiful wooden carvings, he sees what appears to be little dancing creatures, little nymphs maybe. Skirting around along the edges of the room. I need Slash to give me a constitution saving throw. I also feel like now is a good time to let everyone in on a little fun fact. I was going to maybe keep this a secret. To confuse you guys even more. You don't need help with that, man. Yeah, and what I do need help with is you guys helping me remember to enforce the fact that now that Nightfall has come to Richten House, all of you take a minus four penalty to saving throws. What? Whoa. Whoa. Flat out. Minus four. And I'm going to need that con save. With a minus four modifier. And minus two, since we're probably Within pretty darn close. Feet, yeah. You are close to Troubadour, yeah. So minus two. Oh my god. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So it's a three, minus two is one. Turns out you wanted to roll really low and you gain 15 max HP. The rest of you watch on as Slash seems to stare at the ceiling for far too long. Kind of maybe walk around the room for a little bit, doing a little investigating of your own, and then look back and realize, like, Slash hasn't moved. Eyes staring at the ceiling. Slash? Just mouth agape like a chicken looking up <laughs> to the rain. Just ah. <laughs> yep. Galas? Salash? The silence from both. What do you see? Tess will like 
suddenly like cover her mouth like maybe maybe we need to be quiet Van Richten kind of pokes a lash I'm gonna let him do a quick little check oh Van Richten gets an at one on the d20 and even with his modifier it's not enough to help you out so Van Richten's like I don't know what's wrong with him Lustra will track where he's looking and also look up. Awesome. Give me a concept. <laughs> I feel like that's what Lustra would do, though. <laughs> With a minus four. That's right. Oh, my God. <sighs> Everyone snuggle the paladin. Uh, That's a seven. That's not good. Lustra follows Slash's eyes and immediately goes into... This non-moving state himself. Stop looking up at the ceiling, for goodness sakes. <laughs> what? what? This ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. Uh, there is a tablecloth, yeah? There's napkins. Mm-hmm. All your typical yeah. kitchen stuff. Troubadour is going to craft himself a very crude, but very expensive and fancy uh, blindfold out of all these uh, linens. And then he's going to climb the walls and walk on the ceiling, trying to poke around and see if there's anything on the go. Give me an investigation. While blind? <laughs> That's a good point. I'm using my sword as a <laughs> blind king. Or as a white king. <laughs> oh my god. Um, You're like a little ghost. You just put the whole tablecloth over you. <laughs> Oh, he's got blind sight, though, up oh, to 10 yeah, feet, right? So yeah, I do. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's a nine, though. Not very good roll. Everything seems perfectly fine on the ceiling. It is now a 710. And no change in Slash and Lustra. Tessa's just going to, like, be, like, snapping her fingers in front of Slash, just, like, snap. Snap, snap. All right. We really need to stop. She, like, this small smile starts creeping up on her face. I can it's see like, your smile from here. I'm not looking down and I'm blind. Just hit him harder. It's really for his own good, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, there's no other way that we could possibly slap. Just punch him. <laughs> yeah. How much damage does it do? Let's find out. Oh, shit. Uh, you want me to roll the hit? Uh, it's just like an unarmed punch, right? Yeah. Um, oh, but you're a monk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst person to do this. Hey, it snapped Lenaro out of it. All right. Just punch uh, me. Yeah, sure. Uh, you take eight damage. Ow! I don't see a point in rolling to hit, honestly. We're just like, you can keep trying, right? Fair, yeah. She, like, goes to slap him in the face. Like, her combat training kicks in and just, like, knife fingers to the throat. <laughs> nice. Quack! Did it work? I don't know. Maybe I should try again. It doesn't appear to have worked. He is still just standing there. You think you might have heard something snap in his neck, <laughs> but... Oh, he doesn't need that. That's fine. Oh, geez, Troubadour, I'm sorry. That usually works. The number of times he's been caught by enchantments? I don't know. Here. Is there anything that we need in this room? Can no. we take them out? Let's just drag him out. I'll come down. Doop, 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 doop. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm going to grab Slash by the legs and just swoop. <laughs> Slide him out of the room. You drag them out of the room. Plop them on the floor just outside the door at 7.15. And they're both still staring at ceilings. Okay. Um, maybe maybe we close the door. Or there must have been something on the ceiling that is affecting them. I cover one of their eyes. Still the same condition. I mean, of course, it's always the comes back to the bottleborn mind. Tess has witnessed people get like caught by traps before, like magic traps, particularly Salash. So she's gonna be like, "Is it? Is it again? Is this just like gonna? Do I have to like? Do 
Do I have to suplex you again? I really don't want to. Uh, and she's just gonna, like, see if, like, he's caught in an illusion or, like, if he's stunned. Like, is it a medical thing or is it a magical thing? What kind of check are you digging for? What do you want? Uh, honestly, I kind of want to do medicine. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Because I have the bone I get advantage on medicine checks. Natural 20. Hey! 26. Very nice. Very nice. Between yourself and Troubadour and Van Richten as well, you managed to figure out what's going on with Tess kind of screaming the symptoms out. <laughs> Van Richten goes, it sounds like paralysis. A lesser restoration should snap them out of it if that is the case. All right. Uh, paralysis, of course. Well, I mean... If anything, I owe him. Um, so Tess is going to, like, crack her knuckles and, like, aim for the exact same spot in Slash's throat. And just, like, this time a little bit more gently place her fingers there. Like, grab the back of his neck and then just pulse uh, hands of healing into Slash to heal him for... Ten! Hey! Oh, sorry, nine. Hey, that's a net positive. Yeah. Your powers are weird, and I bite people. Well, I mean... I mean, good weird, good weird, not judging. On your punch does the lesser restoration. Correct. Full lesser restoration because of your super punches now. Yeah, physician's touch, baby. And just like that, Slash snaps right out of it. Do you slap looser as well? Well, I mean, uh, yes. Uh, Well, I mean... I guess I just have to hit Snake Lizard Boys today. Uh, just backhand looster across the face. It is very embarrassing to get uh, to get <laughs> caught by a paralysis spell. That felt nice. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Um, you heal for four. Four points to Lustra, some healing to Slash. Both of you are fully aware of your surroundings again. You're both, like, lying on the floor just outside of the kitchen. The group explains to you what the hell just happened. And at 7.20, you guys are all standing outside of the kitchen realizing that it's going to be a long night at Richton House. So many rooms, so many cards. We'll figure it out next week. They can't all be trapped. Oh, my Lord. Somehow, I think the bedroom is not going to be the place of rest we want it to be. <laughs> <laughs>